0: MS Radio 101.1 FM with your girl African DJ. Situation report straight out of Freetown, Sierra Leone. Abuses city all Monday nine Corner they doing own thing, but we meet at one spot.
1: Well, you heard the man, straight from Freetown, Sierra Leone. That's the artist. Mawings, with this 2016 hit blending contemporary Afrobeat style with Sierra Leone roots, the drumming and singing music known as Kumbe. <laughs>
2: Senam Godong means, send it down. People once related relate it to beverage, taking, enjoying yourself, but it's a lot of meaning to Senam Godong. If someone is being a pest on you, you can send that person down, <laughs> you see what I mean. So it's got
1: the Gumbe, the Maroon, connection. connections, they're all in Senam Godong. That's producer Fadi Conte, a.k.a. Big Fad. When he talks about Gombe and Maroons, he's digging deep into history, and a very surprising history at that. Gombe is a music born in the Caribbean in the 18th century and now found in 17 African countries. And the funny thing, very few of the people who play Gombe know its entire story or history. But count yourself lucky. In one hour, you will. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Today's edition, The Gumbay Story, featuring recordings and interviews we made with our partners at Cultural Resources, creators of the Culture app. Our story begins in a compound town, Jamaica home of the Akampong Maroons. The Maroons are descendants of enslaved Africans who escaped the British colonizers and formed their own society in the rugged mountains of the Jamaican interior. Every year on January 6th, the Maroons celebrate the treaty with the British that allowed them to live in peace. And the Goombe drum is always front and center in the procession. I'm
3: George Sylvester
1: Huggins, a family of the Maroon, the
3: former colonel, Martin Luther Wright. He said to me that he would like to see someone in the village, in a younger stage, to restore this job. The Gumbe job to restore to this village being the first telephone <laughs> that exists amongst the Maroon people. I do carpenter work. I do cabinet work. Because after leaving school, that's the trade I chose in Fort Antonio. George Huggins had never seen a Gumbe drum until he came to Akampong village. When I came to Akampong, I see that drum. I look on it and say, it's a unique piece of instrument, produced by the Maroon. So as a part of the Maroon family, then I take on to it because I love it, I love it. Now then, he starts to explore further and further because
1: this drum scatters all over. Well, it sure has, as we'll see. George went on to become one of the best builders of goombé drums in Jamaica. He learned by watching the older heads, as they say. The goombé drum is unusual in many ways. It's a square or rectangular frame drum with a smaller frame inside. Then there's a set of wooden wedges that press the two frames together to change the tuning. Here's Edwin Petty, a senior gumbe musician in the Acompan Maroon community.
4: There are four wedges come around the Goombe jump, and each wedge comes with a, a particle uses for stiffening the inner baby to get the skin, get the skin for a, a, a higher stone or a lower pitch. So if you want a higher pitch on a gumbe jump, you tap in the four wedges,
1: and you generally get a higher sound says the skin used for the drum head is crucial to the sound. When
3: I go and purchase the goat skin from the butcher, I know the female skin and I know the ram goat skin. Because the ram goat skin is thick by cleaning the ear from the goat skin, take off the ear from it. So when I put it in the water to soak and stretch it and stretch it, So the woman's skin is more milder than the man's skin, Can I get be a better drum, a sweeter sound. And the man's skin, in that world, that skin only can make a bass drum. Poof, boof boof poof, boof boof. But the female skin now is a thinner skin. Thin, very thin. Fibrous, like a treble.
1: pem pam, That's a scout of a female drum. George has had visitors from Ghana, and he knows they have a version of the gumbe drum there.
3: It's a stool. They sit on it in Ghana. It's like when you make a bench so they will not really play it. They sit on it, but it's the same drum.
1: We don't know exactly why the Gumbe drum was constructed the way it was, but musicologist John Collins, who lives in Ghana, points out that for the slave master, carved African drums playing complex polyrhythms
5: inspired fear. But the Gumbe drums, not so much. It had the advantage that it looked safe. It didn't just play safe rhythms, four-four rhythms that Europeans could accept as not raising up African gods to fight them. The drum itself looked like a chair or a box, quite innocuous. I mean, of course, the whites in America were absolutely petrified of the carb drums because of Haiti. Ah, yes, Haiti. At the end of the 18th century, the Haitian
1: Revolution was brewing, and Europeans lived in terror of slave uprisings. John Collins may be right when he says they felt less threatened by the Gumbé drum, but the Maroons saw it differently. Here's Harry Scowley, former colonel of the Akompong Maroons.
6: Africans who were in the country had a hard time to continue their musical instrument. They were being crushed by the plantation owners because they were saying that when the Africans play their drums, they are enhancing a certain amount of authority over the plantation owners. When the Africans, before we were called the Maroons, get together, they used to have sessions where the drums were played, and the Gumbe drum was the one that was mostly used. It was kept as a sacred drum, you know, maybe more sacred than the cylindrical drums and was played by special people. And the gumbe drum was used also to help to revive the lives and the sickness from other people. So it is used whenever we have important functions and people respect the sound of the gumbe.
1: The Maroons had lived apart from the British for many decades. In addition to the gumbe drum, they had developed their own Creole language and hybrid culture forged from their various African backgrounds. The British had hunted and fought them constantly, but without success. And in 1739, they signed a treaty that would let the Maroons live in peace as long as they agreed to return any further runaway slaves. But in 1795, War broke out again. This time between the British and the Trilone Town Maroons. Rebels who carried the banner of the legendary Maroon warrior Kujo. There's some pig war. So to revenge
3: the Maroon, the white man set a party in Mantegube Bay. So this Maroon get involved in the party in Mantegube Bay. So when they get involved now, they never know say the party was on a ship. And the ship was gonna take them away from the island, they try to sail away with them. When they do realize, they was out in the middle of the ocean, sailing away to Halifax. They invite them to a festival. Lot of
7: food cooking and music dancing, but the Maroons of know, say on a ship. <coughs> I think is on land. So everybody take part and marry up themselves, drinking, eating and... Ships start seal off with them, and they never realize until so they're in the, the middle of the ocean. Some of them jump aboard, kill
1: themselves. Yeah. Some maroons not involved in the uprising were sent back to shore. The rest would never return. As George said, the ship's destination was Halifax, Nova Scotia, where the British planned to settle the maroon rebels. They didn't carry no drum with them, but it's in the brain
3: that wherever they go, they can build this instrument. This is a
7: powerful instrument, and we should preserve it, generation and generation to come, because the Maroon history is very unique, and we shall learn it to the children, and never let it die out, As we leave the legacy of the ancestors, we don't pay taxes for our lands, and our ancestors go through many, fight and win the war and leave a nice place like this give us to live in peace and harmony. So we must preserve it and keep it safe forever.
6: They were not very pleased when they were in Nova Scotia. It was cold and they wanted to return, but it did not work out for them. And it was a sad story to know that they were taken from Jamaica. They were tricked in the highest degree They have gone through terrible times, but they're still surviving. That's how tough we are, you know. They put them out in the cold weather out there in Canada, and they complained a lot, and they would not send them back to Jamaica. They shit them off to Sierra Leone.
1: The British had established Sierra Leone as a new colony to be populated with resettled and liberated blacks from various locations. In 1800, a ship with 600 Jamaican Maroons landed in Freetown, and the country would never be the same.
4: Some people, humanitarian from London, they came and bought this place, this Freetown municipality for the return slaves. Among these return slaves are the Maroons who came with this gumbe drum. gumbe came a very long time before I was born. But uh, when I was born, I saw that Gumbe is the most simple music that the people enjoy all throughout this country. It's a very popular music. As I'm talking to you right now, for most of the occasions that we have, like celebrations, birthdays, married parties and all, they will involve Goombe players. So it's very popular
1: and it's cheap, you know, to hire. That's Ruben Koroma of the Sierra Leone Refugee All Stars. When the Maroons arrived in Freetown Sierra Leone, they were once again in a melting pot of African peoples. With their fully developed Creole language and culture, they were a distinct minority, but highly influential. Naturally, they introduced the Gumbe drum, but no longer as a sacred instrument, tying Caribbean people to their lost African ancestors. Now, it was simply an instrument of social life and celebration. Here is Ashari Pierce, also of the Sierra Leone Refugee All-Stars, and a man descended from Maroons himself.
8: Gumbe uh, Gumbe is sort of music that people use when they are getting together, you know, they come together, they have drums, they have saw, bottle, and shakers.
1: Mm. Saw, bottle, and shakers. But at the saw, which the player scrapes with a stick, seemed to have a connection with the carpenters who likely built the Goombe drums. We met Ashade in his current home in Brooklyn. But in Freetown, Ruben Coroma organized an informal performance with other members of the Sierra Leone Refugee All Stars.
4: I be a wanna baby. One
0: for a Juanana. I mean the one gunna baby. When I for Lajuanana. I do a let me go back to Ghana. She don't notice me anything. I do a let me go back to Ghana. She don't notice me anything. But I be telling mama, telling papa, telling family home. I be telling Baby S.
4: Mostly it's in Creole, but since other tribes have adopted it, you can sing in Mene, you can sing in Temne, you can sing in Limba. That, uh, it's mostly Creole because Creole is the language now that all of us can understand. We have 16 tribes, but Creole is used as the most common language which everybody can speak. The equipment you use to play are very easy to come back, they are not expensive, and then. Maybe like three or four people can play Gumbi. One with the saw, one with the bass box, and one with the Gumbi, the Gumbi drum, to to you, and one maybe with the angle. The saw there is just like a hi hat in the drums. With the saw, you can. Make...
0: You know, that kind of sound. So,
4: like four people can play great music, great movie music.
0: She run away, she run, run, run away, she run away, she run away, she run away with my daughter.
1: We ask Ruben to break down the basic gumbe rhythm. Well, you get a fast way and you get a slow
4: wave. <laughs> That's the reading, you know. And then, if there's the song, the song, and the angle, something like that. But when you blend them together, it's a very powerful reading. Something like that, very fast.
1: Gumbé from Tabenu Cultural Group, recorded live in Freetown, Sierra Leone. Ruben says the Maroons created another rhythm as well. They called it Abasgeda, or Basgeda for short.
4: Basgeda is very similar to reggae. That one drop, the Basgeda goes, tin, ting, Tin, Kadigodung, Take ting de kedikadikidink bum, kadukudum pank pank tukudum bam that is very similar to reggae you know but it is originating in sierra leo <laughs>
8: We are the return slaves. The Maroon town is where the return slaves were settled when they returned them back to Africa. Everybody in Freetown, everybody in the country knows Maroon town. Never mind, they don't know about the story of the Maroons, but most people know that the Maroons are the free slaves that return to Africa. They came with the Ambas came with the Gombe, all those things, those are the culture of the Maroon. I learned it from older people, you know. Ibn Izakalenda, my uncle, all those people, they taught us. They taught me to know most of those things.
9: Fire, 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 ma, fire, they can baby. Fire, 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 ma, fire, they can, Ah ah. I want to see my loving boy. Love you boy, I love so well. Fire, 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 baby, oh, fire, they can.
1: Ah yes, the late great Ebenezer Callender, one of Sierra Leone's most beloved musicians. It turns out he was the brother of Ashadi Pierce's father. All of them, proud descendants of Jamaican maroons. It's my uncle, yes,
8: yes. We're living in the same house. He has his own house. His family they are still there in, in Leicester Road, Ekimori.
1: The Neither Callender's sound was a mix of calypso, palm wine, and local influences. It carried the spirit of Gumbe. But the musician who really brought Gumbe drums into Sierra Leone's popular music was the one and only Dr. Olo.
8: Oh Dr. Ola. <laughs> Dr. Ola was another good musician in Singapore. He too was playing Gumbe. He was playing Goombe music. He was a good singer. He used to sing stories about things that happen, about things that is going on, don't make fun. Yeah, he was a good musician.
1: Milo Jazz Band, recorded live on the BBC in 1991 for John Peel's highly influential radio program. Dr. Olo died in 2007, but from the 70s through the 90s he was huge, and he left quite a legacy. They are still remixing his tunes today. Dr. Olo dubbed his style Milo Jazz, apparently for the Milo chocolate milk cans they used as shakers. Milo
4: Jazz is just another way of calling Gumby, because it's the same beat. There is no difference. And they use the same instrument. The only thing they do not use the four-footed gumbi drum. They use the bass box. It's just like a modification of the thing, changing instrument too. But Milo Jazz also
1: is just Gumby. In Freetown, we met up with surviving members of Dr. Olo's band, and they performed for us in the courtyard of his widow's home. Before the Sierra Leone Civil War and long before the Sierra Leone Refugee All Stars, Ashade Pierce played in dance bands. He recalled how traditional Gumbe groups fitted into a night's entertainment.
8: We have some shows that we call Moonlight. So when they hire a band to play, they will have to hire a Gumbe band too. When we have those Moonlight picnics, they call those Gumbe guys. When the band play for some time, take some short interval, then the Gumbe guys come in. After they play, they too take some short break, then the band play again. That's how we used to play. Gumbe and the band. Gumbe and the band.
1: One of the most spectacular groups we met in Freetown is the Sabano Cultural Group, formed in 1996 with members from many different ethnic groups.
0: Sabano. A Timini language, a tribe called Timini. Sabano mean now we get here. Now we own Saraylion. We own Saraylion. Now we get Saray Leon. Now it's Sabano mean. We get Mende Mande, we get Timini man, some people in a local, some people in a creole. You know, so we're all different, but we come together.
1: That's Abdul Bunduka, leader and founder of Sabano. The group performs many styles, including gumbe and Milo jazz.
0: Now, na gumbe na Milo jazz we play. But people and they, when they want Iya we for go play huh? We want people
3: to for go beat gumbe for we.
1: Sierra Leone's Sabano Cultural Group. You can see our Gumbe mashup video highlights reel on Afropop.org. Coming up, Gumbe in Ghana, Mali, and Guinea Bissau. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Gome, And one of the best Gome drum makers is Daniel Alabi Derby of the Tema All-Stars, the group we are hearing now. Uh, I started to make my Gome in
10: 1996, and the first time I I tried to do my Gome, I found it very difficult, yeah, very, very difficult. My father is a carpenter, so I just went to uh, my father's workshop, and I took plywood, and I just moved
5: small Gome, small box. And I told my father, I want to do this. One of the things with Gome, of course, is this incredible connection between Gome and carpenters. It's carpenters' music, even in Sierra Leone, they use the musical saw. John Collins has made a deep
1: study of the Gumbe or Gome drum. The Ghanaian version, the Gome, has the same structure as the Gumbe two rectangular frames one inside the other, and wedges used for tuning. Here is Daniel.
10: If it is wood, it can come out again. Peg, wedge, it can come out again. When you want your sound as you want, you have to tune it, roll this bar like this. When you are rolling it, it's pushing this inside flame together with the leather. It's giving you your sound that you want.
1: This is a drum invented on the other side of the ocean and introduced to Ghana relatively recently. Charles Edzikoño, the gumbe drummer for the ensemble Ewale Sounds, considers it a traditional instrument.
10: Gumbe instrument is a traditional instrument because people who use it are the traditional people from the coastal side. We are talking about the Ghana area, the coastal area from the West Africa. One way or the other, they can't do away with Gome as the guns.
1: Daniel Derby showed us how a player sits on the big Gome drum and uses his heel to press against the skin to change the pitch. This Gome. to use the gomé drum as the bass in a popular dance music called Kpan logo. The music also brings in a smaller handheld variant of the original gumbé drum. The instrument is called tamalin. The guys play with gomé, which is tamalin to support the pan logo
10: And it's a little bit different from the gomé. The gomé, you sit on it, but the tamalin, you cannot sit on it. You cannot hold gomé and play with your hand, but you can hold tamalin and play with your hand. That is the difference.
1: As you can hear, the Gome drum is used in all sorts of music in Ghana. The pioneering group in creating this pan cultural roots music was Ulome. Founded in 1972 by the GA drummer Ni Ashite, Ulome featured one of Ghana's most famous Gome players, a large man known to all as Big Boy.
0: She will be me put will be I saw my way Walk That she is my. I saw
10: I have a stand-up group which I really shown a lot of people the way the gourmet plays a vital role in the group. There was another player called Big Boy, he made the gourmet known to everybody because when he's playing with his body on the gome he speaks with the body. He has a big body, so when he sits on the gome and he's playing, you can imagine. The whole body is dancing, on. he knows it, he has a rhythm and
1: power when he sits on the gome That was Charles Edzikono. Wolume began as a Ga traditional band, but they went on to interpret traditions from various parts of Ghana. They even sang pidgin versions of other languages, and they commanded a huge and diverse audience. In their 1970s heyday, Charles says the singers were like preachers to the community, and the gome drum was at the center of it all. When I sit
10: on my drum and I'm playing, what happens to me? It's me and my God. My groove is at my peak. Now I'm flying in the rhythm. The sweat that you see on my face all are not sweat. Some are tears, tears of joy, tears of happiness. It's a whole package of inspiration and spirit.
1: We are lucky to record a performance by the current lineup of May at a nightclub called Papillon. Wolome performing live in Accra, Ghana. Nite Ashite is the son of Wolome's founder. He describes the moment when the group adapted a modified design of the Gome drum to serve as a bass drum. There's one man, he's passed away, he's called
2: Akashia. He's a carpenter. So my father went to him and asked him, oh, I want to create something. I said, no, I have an idea, I'm a carpenter. So the man fixed the box. They cover the box with a good skin. and Then they have some stick, small one, inside there. So when you hit the sticks, the skin will, will make tight for you. So when you are, you are hitting it, then it's, then you are testing the sound. Boom, 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 boom. boom. That's where they create
1: that gumi. Now, I mentioned earlier that few people in the story know the whole history of the gumbe drum. Nite Yashite credits a gar carpenter, but hey, we know that the design he describes is essentially the same we heard in Jamaica and Sierra Leone. One innovation that did happen in Ghana was to construct the drum as a box you could sit on. That makes controlling the drum's pitch with the bare heels of the player's feet very convenient. We recorded another Ghanaian cultural group, the Kusun ensemble, at the home and headquarters of its distinguished leader, Ni Teti Tete.
2: This song we're going to play is a work song from the beach, which the fishermen use using the gobe drum, guitar, bass guitar, and some of the palogo drums. Mm
1: his homework on the Gombe drum. He says it did not come to Ghana directly from Sierra Leone or Liberia, but rather from a small British-controlled island off the coast of Cameroon, Fernando Po. The British, everywhere they
2: go, they take the trade that is better. So when they come to Ghana and they find out that the carpenters are good, they take the carpenters. In Jamestown, they took the carpenters because they were better, so they went on the project. So while they were on the project, they found the drum. The Liberians and the Sierra they came with the Gumi drum. One of them, who we call Amache Bumba, great, great carpenter, he fell in love with the drum. So when they were coming back to Ghana, they brought the sample of the drum. So here in Ghana, people will tell you the Gumi drum is from Fernando Po. The Gumi drum is not from Fernando Po. The gummi drum was abducted from Fernando Po, but the drum is from the
1: Australian Back in Ghana, the Goombe drum became the signature for the gar carpenters in Jamestown, British Accra, and now they doubled as entertainers.
2: For example, if they have a newborn baby and they will do naming ceremony, they will come and perform. If somebody lost a family member, they will come and perform. If somebody is wedding, they will come and perform. They do all sorts of performances, and the songs they use with this gumi drum is in a form of English that we call the pidgin English. So they will pick the English words from the masters and and use it the way their masters will understand. So the gumi music, all the songs are in pidgin English. Mr. Jacob way. Mr. Jacob, something come and know, I do cut my finger, Bobo. Mr. Jacob, wait. Mr. Jacob, something come I know, I uncut my finger. jama ma ho jama ma jama ma ho jama ma jama ma ho jama ma aye baba aye aye baba aye
1: The most common place to find Gumbe drums in Ghana today is still at those traditional social gatherings, baptisms, weddings, and funerals. who has done his homework on the Gombe drum. He's been living in Ghana, playing and writing about music since 1968. John first encountered the drum in the hands of Ga traditional groups, like olu He used it in his own Bokur band, the band we're hearing now, as a substitute for bass guitar. Then he started to ask questions about the drum's origins.
5: I was able to trace some very elderly Gar people. One of them I remember was called Squire Addo, who was a pianist. He'd been playing ragtime music in the 1920s in Accra. So they were able to give me the details where this drum came from. I was supposing it was a Ga drum, but he said, no, it came from the Belgian Congo. And it was brought by Ga carpenters and blacksmiths who'd been working in the Belgian Congo. This was under King Leopold, the cruel king of Belgium. So he employed thousands of West African carpenters, clerks and so on. So the Ghanaian guys met the Sierra Leone people and they borrowed the Gumbe music not from the Congolese people, but rather from the Sierra Leone people they were working alongside.
1: Further research led John to the story of the Maroons from Jamaica, their voyage to Nova Scotia and arrival in Freetown in 1800.
5: At last, the full picture was coming into view. By the late 70s, I'd put some of this into print. I actually upset quite a lot of Gar people. I denied them an ancestral drum because they thought it was a Gar instrument. And I'd said, no, it's a Pan-African or even a Jamaican instrument. I would actually call it Pan-African because it's found in 17 African countries. One of those
1: places, as
5: Niteti told us, was
1: Fernando Po, where Gar carpenters also encountered Gumbe. But John continued to hear dubious theories about the origins of these
5: frame drums, including the tamalin or tamale. Tamalis is a corruption of the word tambourine, but Tamale also happens to be a city in northern Ghana. So everybody thought that one of the influences of highlight, the frame drums, came from northern Ghana and therefore ancient Egypt. So you get all these hints that all this music came from the north, and in fact the frame drums themselves do resemble ancient Egyptian drums. Now, most certainly, they were being used by ancient Egyptians, but the ones that we use in West Africa are all connected with the south and the coast.
1: Frame drums are today a staple in all sorts of Ghanaian traditional music, but Ni says it did indeed start with the Ga people. Yes, the Ga people. See, when it came,
2: all those carpenters are Ga's and they came from Jamestown, British Accra. That's where they came from. The people in those areas have done very well with this drum. Because today, you find the drum across the country. Because everybody is falling in love with it. You can find it all over. There were people are using it. Key people are using it. Fenty people are using it. Everybody is
1: using it. Niteti says that for a long time, Christian churches in Ghana did not allow local drums or non-Western instruments to be used in services. But that too changed. Today, hey, the Christian churches
2: has the gumbe and the Panago drums in there because they know it attracts the people. And what is worship? You use any instrument to worship God. You see, music is our second
1: nature. You can't run away from it. We use it to do everything. We met one more group in Ghana playing with Gumbe and the Tamale drums. The Shade Dance Ensemble, Group members David Bortier and Odaini Simon explained that Shade specializes in a music called Kolomashi.
10: Kolomashi is like a collective thing. Because when you come together,
1: power. Mashi is power. They demonstrated the elements of the ensemble. First, the tamale. And the two bells.
3: And this one is solo, like solo.
10: So this is the basic, and this is solo.
1: The round patty drum, which they say is like a baby crying.
10: So this always crying. Don't cry.
7: Cry. Cry. Hey. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't
1: cry, don't cry. And the mother Tamaren comforting that baby. I'm
7: coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Don't come, don't come, don't come, don't come. You know, like we are coming.
1: Don't come, don't come, don't come, don't in come. In our language, Kaaba. And when you put it all together, The Shade Dance Ensemble performing in the open air in a village outside Accra. A lot of these guys come from families of fishermen and they told us that kolomashi is often performed on the beach at the end of the day when the fishermen are holding their boats on shore. So what is the connection between kolomashi and gome?
10: Kolomashi and gome is the same
0: thing. Gome is normally not at the beach, but normally at a
10: place like this. And one more thing. Gombe is played in the night, and this is played in the day. That's the difference between them. So like this is giving you energy, but that one is giving you happiness. Gombe is giving you happiness, and this is giving you more energy.
1: spread to Congo, Fernando Po and Ghana. It also went to many other African countries, traveling from the coast along riverways and trade routes to reach far inland.
5: Here's John Collins. In those days, there was no tight border control between West Africans. West Africans were mobile people, so there was a high incidence of mobility, taking musical ideas, exchanging. So in fact, before 1922 or 23, you could almost say there was a pan-West African music, like Ashiko or Asiko, which really comes from Sierra Leone. But because there were so many Sierra Leone recaptives, a lot of them from Nigeria, they went back to Lagos and they took Ashiko or Asiko with them.
1: Maybe you recognize this song, "Nganwe" by Bambia Jazz of Conakry Guinea. It turns out it's a Gumbé song. And on a visit to Segu Mali alongside the Niger River, we found a rare Malian Gumbe ensemble called Gumbe Jiri. And guess what? Speaking in Bambara, the group elder Daouda Dumbia said, Gumbe is a dance of coming together cohesion, living together. Gumbe is a music of celebration after a good harvest. It's a way of giving thanks to God for rain. Sounds familiar, right? And the group's leader, Askia Dumbia, told us that gumbe was very popular in Mali during the 1960s, the early years of independence. It was even linked to the rise of political leaders like Mali's first president, Modibo Keita.
10: And Modibo, il avait bien su garder ça.
1: Askia says, Modi Keita loved Gumbe and danced to it at every ceremony. Today, it's hard to find Gumbe in Mali, but in our travels, we've encountered variations on the style in Cape Verde, Ivory Coast, Nigeria. We we'll leave you with one more example from Guinea Bissau. That's Manica's Costa from his 2003 album Paraíso de Gumbé, Gumbé Paradise, produced by our good friend Lucy Duran. Manekas says, Gumbe is a positive style of music. It's a music that demands you to be happy. If you're sad, well, you have to go home. Manekas doesn't use the Gumbe drum. Instead, he plays a water drum. One calabash inverted into another filled with water. But man, he sure knows the music. He sang for us the essence of the Goombe
8: Beat. Can start trying to start aleg in this ambiente.
1: So we come to the end of our program, but not of the Gumbe story. From its origins in the maroon highlands of Jamaica to Nova Scotia, Sierra Leone, and all over West Africa, this is a music with legs. And as we say in Cameroon, with bare legs, you go farther, and we know its story will go
0: on.
1: Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And from PRX affiliate stations around the US. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Now here's something to think about. Our educated, globally curious audience of decision-makers and community leaders could be an excellent match for products and services from your company. 70% of public radio listeners think positively of companies that underwrite their favorite programs. For local sponsorship, contact your station. For national, email us at sponsor at afropop.org. Thanks to ethnomusicologist Ken Bilby for his deep guidance and expertise on Bombay music. And special thanks to Cultural Resources, the organization that funded Ken Bilby's and Banning Air's fieldwork in Africa and the Caribbean. Thanks also to all the artists and production teams who helped with the fieldwork for this program. Visit afropop.org to see a video mashup of gumbe music from our travels. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Banning Air. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide, our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Zubin Hansler and recorded at the Syncopated Lair Studio by GC. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website afropop.org. Our director of new media is Ben Richmond and I'm Georges Collinet.